Hi, everybody, and welcome to another exciting edition of Words, Images, and Worlds. Glad to be talking on this episode with author Ann Braden. Ann, thank you for jumping in, joining me, and thank you for the lovely animal sort of like background atmosphere that you're currently creating. <laughs> thank you for having me. Yeah, I keep create. Uh, I keep getting more animal, weird animal stuffies specifically. So it's um becoming a menagerie. It, it's very, it's very on brand, as they say, because <laughs> folks out there probably know you for um benefits of being an octopus, flight of the puffin, opinions and opossums. Um, and that there's an opossum right behind you there. Oh, yeah, well, and there's three actually, which show a different cape. You know, this one I didn't believe was an opossum because it was too cute. But oh, then yes. the rat tail. So you're like, okay, they they were trying. Mm-hmm, but uh, mm-hmm. this one is like overly realistic, terrifying. Yes, yes. And a puppet, so you can like you know make it scream as appropriate. And but this one I feel like hits the the middle cuteness, yet also you know the real sort of. And look at the little. The little fingers oh yes yeah i feel like <laughs> i feel like opossums get a bad rap they're not that bad they're not that bad yes they eat a lot of ticks for one thing that's right that's right i would rather have an opossum than a tick any day <laughs> yeah. although maybe not like dangling on me that would that would be a whole thing <laughs> yeah. that, that would not be as pleasant but, yeah. um, it would attract yeah. a crowd yeah yeah so so you've written these books and um curious about what it is about the world of writing and authoring that initially connected with you well I'm someone who I never thought I could be a writer like it didn't even it wasn't even in the like oh pipe dream kind of thing it was writing was at the top of the list of things I felt like I couldn't do Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. and part of that was just that I didn't have a lot of time for or a lot of uh creative writing space at school it was all five paragraph essays and yeah and so you sort of feel like you can't I did I'm not a rule breaker (laughs) (laughs) and so I was like I must always follow this and it doesn't leave space for anything else and um and uh when I was I became a middle school social studies teacher like English was Mm -hmm. on the radar for possibility um But when I stayed home from the classroom, when my first child was born, he wouldn't, oh, sorry. That's okay. He wouldn't um, sleep unless I was holding him. Like, it was like sort of one of those babies that is (laughs) just as long as they're being held, they're okay. But it was Mm -hmm. like, gosh, I was just stuck on the couch for hours at a time. And I was going like bored out of my mind. And I was reading a bunch of books, um, which was great. And then I picked up uh, Louise Erdrich, um, Erdrich's um, Blue Jay Dance, which is a memoir of, you know, her life when she has a baby. And I thought, oh, try this. And there's this one random line where she's talking about going through the woods with her baby to her writing studio. And I was like, oh, to be a writer. <laughs> but then like, my automatic next thought was, well, writing is something I know I can't do. Mm-hmm. still on the couch for three more hours and at some point I was like if I was gonna write something what would I write mm-hmm. and it was I mean it was not like I had a whole story idea come to me but it was like oh maybe it could be this kind of like setting and then the next day it was like oh maybe there could be a character like this and it was just sort of over two months you start building like 
like you do that every day, like a little detail each day and you start to have a story emerge, whether you like it or not. And I was so excited to have something to do with my brain. Mm-hmm, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but, um, I started writing, I had like a little, I got a little netbook computer. I had baby in one arm, netbook computer in the other arm, started typing one handed. Um, and you know, the capitalization, you know, it's just a lot of desperation involved in that. I was going to say dedication. I was going to say dedication. <laughs> you know, two sides of the same, same sort. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and eventually I got to the end of the story and I thought, oh, my gosh, those people, I made them up. The things mm-hmm. they did, I made that up. And it was such a feeling of power, even though I had basically not gotten off the couch. Yeah. Um, and so I was I was like, oh, my gosh, I love this. I didn't you know that feeling when you didn't know you could do something and you show yourself that you actually can. It's such an adrenaline rush. And so I Googled how long does it take to get published? And Google was like seven years. <laughs> <laughs> and what's really funny is it took seven years to the month google was absolutely accurate oh wow wow <laughs> so Google's... i started writing a manuscript a year and the third one got me an agent and the sixth one is the one that was actually published oh, so wow. like, it's completely different stories yeah um, so, <laughs> so it's been a journey no, you've had three published. So are the yeah. the other ones out there somewhere? Do you still? Yeah, they are all bad. And um, <laughs> I mean, what's interesting though is sometimes themes from them are cropping up. Like opinions and opossums, there was a similar theme in one of the earlier ones that uh, just wasn't working, and so I was like, I still really care about that. How can we? So it's like, how can I make this really my own story to tell? And so it just became the most personal version of the retelling of that theme. Yeah, yeah. Love it. Love it. And um, you said a couple of things there that really connected with me. One of them is is getting out of the five paragraph essay format because I teach essay writing. I'm an English teacher. And so I'm always saying, now you've heard five paragraphs, but there's actually so much more to writing than that. So I love that you're saying that. And I also used to be a middle school teacher once upon a time. Um, so connecting with that very much as well. Was was it being a teacher that sort of inspired you to write for an an all ages or youth audience? Yes, it was it was like a way to connect to the kids that were in the classroom that I couldn't see anymore. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And in some ways it was how I. I'd always thought writing was hard, but when I thought, well, what could a character be like? I had. I knew so many kids like I had been with kids for, you know, years at that point and thought, oh, well, I know that I know this type of kid. Like I can mm-hmm. I can sort of figure out what motivates them and what is terrifying to them, because that's what you do as a teacher. You figure out what motivates people and um, how to connect to them. And so it was I feel like teaching is what gave me the real launching pad into making it a thing I could do. Yeah, yeah. Now, do you also get to do school visits now on the author side and interact with fans and, and things like that? Yes, it is the best way to teach. <laughs> no <Yeah>. grading, nope. <laughs> no, <laughs> no classroom management. It's just the fun stuff. So I yeah. love. It. Yeah. Do you do you have a moment that you've connected with the reader that that stands out? Oh, so many. Um, I was in Oklahoma, and. I was doing, I had done my regular school visit, but um, my regular school presentation. Um, and then I was doing a writing workshop afterwards. And there was a kid in the back who had made for me, oh, I have it. You can probably not, it's 
very far in the distance. But um, it says, I love the benefits of being an octopus. And they had like uh. painted it and um, they gave it to me. And it was, I I also was hearing from the librarian, like this, they, this is the first book they read. And like, this is like, this is me, my life. Um, and, and so I sort of was paying extra attention to that student. And when the writing workshop started and they were, you know, people were sort of all sitting up front and they were sitting at the back. And so when it came to like lunchtime, I was like, oh, I, I know exactly where I'm going to sit. <laughs> um, and so we were talking and I was encouraging them to, you know, like to write their own story. And they're like, yeah, I, I'm just starting and I have a lot to say. And mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and it was just what's such a powerful, that flip of I am, you know, I am at like everything else is more powerful than I am in my life. There's so much that I don't control to this place of I have agency and I can decide how I'm going to tell my own story and I'm going to decide mm-hmm. and it's fictionalized so I can make things happen the way I want, mm-hmm. you know, in mm-hmm. this vein. And so, and then recently I got a Instagram message from that kid who is now graduated from high school and is like, I am still writing. Love and, it. Oh my gosh. It's just gives me goosebumps. Just thinking about that. Love it. Love it. Yeah. Uh, well, what a, what a powerful moment. And I'm sure a humbling moment to have a student say, this is the first book I read, the first book that's me. And then there's so many writers that come on this show and say, the moment I knew that I was going to be a writer was when I met this person mm-hmm. that wrote this book. So what a, what a powerful kind of passing on of the torch as well. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. one of those things where I feel like so often the people who have the most to say and are living the most, I mean, if you think about like the benefits of being an octopus, I felt like Zoe, her story needed to be told. Like there's so many heroes like her who do not see themselves as heroes because they don't see any books that are, where feature kids like them. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like the um the idea of recognizing that just because life has been against you does not mean that you are not worth like it that's what happens in stories. There's all these obstacles and the hero finds their way through them. And so to recognize that you are that hero is a really beautiful thing to see um start to filter into those kids' minds. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now I also love the questions that your books take up. Um, I love opinions and opossums in particular, and that that idea of sort of questioning religion, questioning what we come to believe, and finding our own identities. And, and you do it in such an interesting and just inviting way, because it's a, such a difficult topic to really balance out. So curious about um, what your books allow you to do in exploring those questions and, and what you hope readers take away from them. Yeah, well, it's interesting because questions were sort of one of the basic turning points for me when I was in middle school that I had this seventh grade geography teacher who um, was, he was had come from the high school and he had his own way of doing things, which in middle school, like everything is about conformity and mm-hmm. <laughs> going by the book. And he was like, I remember the first day of uh, the first day of school, he sort of stood in this very curious way and stood silently. And then he was like, Thursday, Thursday has an R in it. Wear red on Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, 
oh my gosh, who is this guy? And then on Thursdays, what it turned out was that we were going to have a weekly practice of using a red pen that we had to bring from home or, to, you know, for our school supplies, a red pen to write questions wow. and he called it red writing. And it was a weekly practice and the questions could be about anything, not just about geography. And so you had this, this thing, this pattern of using the color of authority to write your own personal questions. Mm. And I feel like it shaped me more than anything else in middle school, where just this opening of like, what happens when you can ask questions, like the whole world becomes open to you in this new way. Um, and so I love the way that I love that you picked up on the questions as a key mm -hmm. for all of that. But often I find that my books, I start with questions and honestly, something I'm angry about. Um, mm -hmm. And so, and something I can't figure out why it is the way it is. And so the question I sort of went into um, when I started writing uh, Opinions in a Possum, that book took me a long time. <laughs> so when I started writing, my daughter was six and she had so much confidence. She was fully herself, independent. You know, there's this like, just she, she did not care what other people thought. She was just going to be her. And I knew though that so many girls, especially, but I mean, really everyone, by the time they get to middle school, there's this like shrinking of the self and the, you know, questioning yourself rather than everything else. Um, and I was like, so what, what is that? What, like, why, why does that happen in such a, you know, uniform way at no matter where I go? Um, and so I was really trying to sort of pick apart what are the things that um, make us question ourselves as yeah. opposed to realizing that we can question the stuff that's, you know, the social assumptions and the social norms and things that might be making us question ourselves. Um, and so that was sort of my beginning. And I, um, I also, you know, was that, that was a, for me when I was in school, well, I, I loved the youth group at my church and I, um, I really like, I love the ministers at my church. Like I really had a wonderful upbringing there. Um, but at some point at the youth group, which was my sort of saving grace outside of the social dynamics of school, <laughs> whereas mm -hmm. I was not as good as everyone else. Youth group was a, you know, clean slate. And, um, but a new kid was elected as president of the youth group. And he decided that everyone should have to sign a pledge form saying they believed in God. And I just wasn't sure I did. Like I couldn't, connect to all the images I saw of God. Like he just seemed like someone who wouldn't care about me. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I, I dropped out of youth group and uh, my minister who was truly fabulous, he met with me afterwards and he was encouraging me to push back on the rule. Um, and I just did not have the confidence to do that. Uh, and so instead a month later, he appointed me to be the youth member of the search committee for a new pastor. And so, oh, wow. Which and I so I was it was me and my my favorite demographic is seventy year olds, <laughs> like, especially, <laughs> especially when I was young. It was like this whole other world, and we read so many different um, applications and statements of faith and people people talking about how they see God and how they define God and how you know how faith plays a role in their life and just having this wide diversity of personal. Uh, takes on religion was this it was so opening for me it was just like oh my gosh I can find my own way through this yeah, you know yeah. and so um this idea of seeing that there can be 
you can ask questions, you can have different ways of looking at things and find your own personal way forward. Felt really empowering as a, as a kid. So I wanted to sort of um, dig into that question that I know a lot of people don't have that same experience. And so um, I want to dig into that for opinions and opossums. And, and kudos to that pastor, that minister as well for responding in that way. Um, yeah, like I sent him a copy of the book and talked to him on the phone for the first time. And since then, yeah, <laughs> out of my hometown and, um, and, oh, it was so good to talk to him. And I was like, you don't understand the power of that decision. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those little moments, sometimes those little things that we do instead of doing what seems easy. I, I love that. Love it. Yeah. Wow. So, so final question, and then we can touch on anything that we might have missed. And that is Opinions and Opossums has just come out. I think it was released in May. Is that right? Yes. Um, so curious about what's cooking right now, if you're currently working on a deadline and exploring. I know uh, you might not be able to say anything at all other than I am working, but just wanted to give you the chance to to talk about that as well as any events, school visits, um, web spaces where people can connect and things of that nature. Sure, yeah. So I, I'm i actually on my third attempt trying to figure out the next story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I am um, usually by this point, when a book comes out, I have, have a good draft of the next thing. So it's not so stressful. Mm -hmm, <laughs> but mm -hmm. um, this time I had a good draft of two other things that are not going to work out. And so I'm on my third attempt and I was like, okay, so what worked well in those first three books? And I was like, okay, so I was taking a topic that is important to kids, affects them, but isn't really talked about that much in common, you know, conversation. And, and so I was like, oh, you know what? Another topic is it's death. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. the fact that as a 12 year old, you suddenly realize like, I'm going to die at some point. And a lot of, there's a lot of books that have death, but the focus is on grieving someone else who died. And so I sort of want to dig into that existential crisis that I feel like kids often are facing on their own um, of just how do you live and love life and know that it's going to end at some point. And so, so that's, that's what I'm digging into. And it's funny, I was at a school visit in Massachusetts at the end of the school year, and they asked me what I was talking about. And I was sort of I sort of I was like, well, the benefits of being an octopus is sort of about like economics, and then flight of the coffin is kind of about political divides, and then opinions of possums about is about religion. I was like, what else is left? And they're all like, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> so I feel like there'll be an audience for it. And the Absolutely. animal, um, I honestly, it's not flowing as well in, but I feel like the animal that will work in it once I get enough drafted and I can figure out how things are getting sorted. Um, there's this jellyfish called the immortal jellyfish. That's like as big as the size of your fingernail oh, and wow. it starts to get injured or loses the source of food or gets older. It will go back to its larva state and regrow. And it can do that in an infinite number of times. Wow. And so it's one of those things where I just feel like if you are, you know, really terrified of death, you're going to cling to the idea of like, how can I, how can we do that? <laughs> yep, yeah. Find some way to have this immortal experience. Um, but that's, I, this is just a lot to dig into because I don't, I don't know if that would really be the. 
fun thing to experience as a person. But as a jellyfish, they seem to be doing well. They do get if they are eaten, they you know. Right, right. That that'd be hard to come back from. Yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Like like an actual phoenix creature. That's amazing. Yeah. Exactly. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what develops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looking forward to that. Yeah. And, and what a powerful topic to explore. I, I've had students say to me before, why is every book we read in here about death? And I'm like, well, I guess it's something that people want to know about. I guess it's, it's something humans. that, yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, so, so school visits, events, things yeah, of that so nature. I am, I'm doing a number of school visits in the Midwest this fall in uh, uh Michigan and well it's not the Midwest but upstate New York and like near the Buffalo area because I'm going to be driving and so that's on my way to the Midwest <laughs> um and uh in Ohio and um I'm going to be in Maine in October and uh I think and then I'm hoping to be down in Virginia in spring that hasn't gotten onto my calendar yet but it's in the works so nice, um nice. yeah I'm I love school visits so much they're so much fun yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nothing like a school. Nothing like interacting with young people. Yeah. Yeah. And I really it's funny because I I wrote my books with such a teacher hat on in terms of not teaching kids stuff, but like creating spaces for conversations. And um, mm -hmm. and really, they're all about like empowering kids. So I it's just like I get to just spend 40 minutes empowering the kids in front of me, which is it's a great way to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Love it. Love it. Um, uh, you have an author website and then any other spaces where people can connect social media wise or any of those sort of things. Yeah, I'm on Facebook and Instagram mostly these days, um, which is Ann.B.Braden at Facebook and then Ann Braden books at Instagram. Um, and uh, yeah, it's my website is a good place because you can sign up for my newsletter where there's like book giveaways sometimes and you know information about where I'll be so for school visits like then it's easier to get a discounted rate if I'm going to be in the area anyway nice um, nice the newsletter is a good place to connect but yeah that's uh also on the, my website there's a lot of educator resources that are free that are like videos of book talks about the books or me talking about the inspiration things that I'm sort of often frequently asked so it can be helpful for anyone using the books in class Love it. love it. I'll make sure to link that. And um, yeah, did we miss anything in the talk that you'd like to make sure no, to share? That's great. I loved your questions. Great, great. I'm, I'm so glad. I try to try to put interesting things out there and uh, try not to ask the the same questions all the time. So I appreciate that. And I'm glad to talk with you and glad to have you back on any time to talk about the immortal jellyfish and how that comes to be. We shall see. Yeah, yeah. Love it. All right. Well, well, thank you so much. Thank you.